So in other words, you're the you're the Captain Jack Sparrow of of the of the karate world. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny Depp. <laughs> and if I grew my hair long, Ross would be very happy. <laughs> no, look, it's very fetching on Ross. Jordan, and welcome to the Invisible Sensei podcast. The Invisible Sensei represents the master in all of us. Style is a construct. The path is personal, with mountains, valleys, and rivers to cross. You are the sensei, the student, the beginner, or the master. Here are my thoughts on how I walk, run, stumble, and stand through mine. Feel free to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And remember, it's not what we say when everyone's listening. It's what we practice when no one is watching that creates your invisible sensei. Another practitioner who I think you will know, um, Sensei James Pankovich in Okinawa of the Asato Dojo. And... I was talking to him when I said that I was going to get you on the podcast and he just, he put this question to me and I said, look, have you got any questions that I can ask uh, Langley Sensei? And he said this, so he goes, what are your thoughts on the future of Shotokan in karate in general? I, I think, well, in Shotokan, well, yeah, Shotokan in general, uh, I think you go back, like if you just, if you just kind of map the trajectory, right? If you go back um, 50 years, Unless you were, I'll talk just specifically about Shotokan, but I think you can probably project that to other stars as well. If you weren't, if you weren't connected to the JKA, you were nothing. If you were, if you were a karate practitioner, Shotokan karate practitioner, and you weren't doing, if you weren't in a JK club getting JK grades, then you were probably Mickey Mouse. You were probably self-taught, self-promoted, kind of McDojo type thing before McDojos existed. Um, and they were the gatekeepers of, of knowledge. You you had to go to them. If you wanted to learn a kata, you had to go to that, that guy and it was only guys, right? They, and, and they taught you it and, and that, that's how you learn karate. And as time went by, I think uh, these these gatekeepers knowledge and, and this legitimacy to, to, a, to the JKA a little bit waned and, and then as time went by, that that kind of like slow decline in their legitimacy. Not that they're not legitimate. I don't mean that. I mean, I mean the the illegitimacy of other people slowly waned. JK is legitimate, but then equally, other people became as legitimate, and in some cases, arguably, I would argue, a little bit more legitimate, in the sense that nowadays it's a quite a level playing field, and I've seen. I've seen JK students and JK instructors, senior JK instructors, who aren't that good. Now, I've also seen a whole host of other instructors from other other organizations who equally aren't that good. And I think that was always the case. All I'm saying is that I don't think now that JK is the the standard bearer of Shotokan Karate. I think there are members within the JK, some very, very good members in the JK who are who are great and are pushing Shotokan forward, but there are equally other people. So, so I think what you've seen over the last uh, number of decades is a leveling of the player playing fields. And what that means is that you now have a situation where within the spectrum of what karate, karateka are, you have the 10% on one end who are sports karate people. It doesn't really matter. They don't belong to an organization. They don't take rank. 
They have a blue belt and a red belt in the in the dogi bag, and they do karate, legitimately. And you have the ten percent on the other end, who are Japanophiles. Unless you've got that JK badge or SKIF or JKS or whoever it is, unless you've got that badge on your chest, you're meaningless. And 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 I think those two ends of the spectrum, you know, never the twain will meet. They'll they'll never see eye to eye. But then that's not really important because they're fringe. What you have in the in the middle is that 80% of people who just go, you know, I like karate. I like good karate. I just want to do good karate. Mm. And yes, and some of them will go, yeah, I like good karate and I like to do a bit of competition. Or I like I like just like doing bunkai. I, I, there's a whole spectrum with it, but they don't really care about who's teaching them. They only care if it's good. And so then, and I think you can not only say that about kind of the specific style, but also just the, the general sense of what karate is. And you'll see a lot of people who are cross-training, like me or like lots of people, or just kind of changing ideas, us, us now, you know, just changing ideas and stuff. And I, and I think that's the future. And so then, what do you need an organization for? Well, I think you don't need an organization for legitimacy. You don't need it for like getting that kind of your name in a big book in Japan. My Dan registration is in Japan, you kind of thing. You don't get, you don't need it for that anymore. You need it for two things. You need it for a sense of community. So you're connected in your local area, in your national area, in your international arena. And you need peer reviewed gradings. You need, you need to have a sense that this is not me just going, Oh well, you know this guy here. He's taking a grading. He didn't do as well, but he was doing he was doing fine in the dojo. So I'll do a blind eye. I'll just pass him. No, you get other people within the wider community coming in and peer reviewing what you're doing. Um, and and I think those two things are 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 fundamental to a sustainable organization. Yeah, you just say peer review peer review in terms of uh, promotion as opposed to grading i think at a yeah. certain level grading grading kind of goes out the window i think with people if they've stayed the course you're wanting mm -hmm. to see how people internally have internalized the training and kind of created their practice i yeah. think probably from yondan up i'm kind of a big big fan of promotion as opposed to let's do 100 meter with that or something like that you know it just becomes it's not that it's not meaningless but i think the emphasis becomes something away from what it was intended to be. So with the HDKI, you have gorgeous practitioners, you've got people in America, in Europe, all over the world. Is that the realization of what you were talking about, about creating a community? Is that creating, it's about, it's about like minds, about sort of pooling energy and sharing an individual love. What is the HDKI about for you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's about, a a true sense of of community it's about in many ways it, it's about kind of being safe within your your karate life that you are surrounded by people who you like and respect and that like and respect you and being able to, and being able to to have confidence in that, and you know, I've just I've just seen and also experienced quite a lot of organisations that cycle into 
kind of dysfunctionality. And, uh, and I really wanted to avoid that. And, and so I have my, you know, like my plan within the HDKI is that in about, I don't know, six years time, like I do, I, like I, I'm, the, I'm the chief technical director of the, of the HDKI. So we don't have a chief instructor because I, I never wanted to imply that I'm going to tell you what to do. I just like, so every, every country has a technical head, a technical director, and really they're, they're also not the chief instructor. They're just the mouthpiece for the, they're the conduit for the HDKI community at large to their HDKI community. So Simon Bly is the technical director of, of the, the UK. That's not to say that he is the chief instructor and that he dictates technique. He doesn't, because uh, there's many people who are now nowadays, especially many people who are higher grade than him. But what he is is the is the is the conduit, the the key person that has contact with all the clubs, and also has contact with the wider community. And we have individuals in each country that that are, represent that. And so the idea is that we're kind of creating this network. Of, of, of community and then my idea is that I will do that probably for another six years so then I would have had a, a decade of, of HDKI and then I'll I'll resign so when I'm probably about 55 50, yeah, about 55 that's it I'm resigning someone else will become the the, the chief technical director um, and I'll take a complete step back and I think the reason why by taking a step back from the organization, I then guarantee that I'll be part of that community until the day I die. I wanna make sure that I'm in a sustainable organization that, that is, is constantly, maybe not constantly growing, but is sustainable. Um, and and, and by, by taking a step back, you then kind of pass it on to the next generation, like the the you know the like like say for example, you know Ross is it will be kind of mid thirties by that point. I think people in the I think people in the thirties and forties are really good at pushing things. They've got ideas, they've got kind of motivation, they've got energy. As you get older, you know those you can solidify those ideas, but then you can become a little bit kind of uh, like I don't know concrete in your thinking and sure in what you're thinking and I think that's no good uh, I think then you, you pass it on to someone else and then they can play with it and as long as the fundamental principles are the same as long as the the, the core principles of, of the community are the same then it's bound to be sustainable so so yeah for me the HDKI is is something that I've helped to create and wish to be part of until the day I die for as long as I can you know is the word i had that cliche then karate is something is not something i do it's something that i am mm. um I, it just annoys me it just kind of it sounds cliche and it always kind of sounds disingenuous yeah. but when i when i listen to you talk and i watch you practice there's some congruity there in terms of what you say and what you do which is really pleasing and inspiring to see uh, I was listening to one of the um, Hombu dojo po podcasts a while back and you know you were remarking on I guess when you when you strike out to do your own thing, 
there's always going to be the haters and i'm see i'm using the i'm using the lingo to be down with the young people um there's always the haters and you were remarking on a particular chap who in some facebook form or something kind of just dropped this random kind of yeah we get it scott sort of thing you trained in japan and you know like i i have to say i've listened to a lot of interviews with you and you've never it's always it's not one of those things that you lead with and it's generally in response you refer to it in response to questions and things like that so how do you deal with the thing which would frighten me about what you're doing and creating this for want of a better word this budokan of different instructors of different ways of doing um, what you do how do you deal with the naysayers and the but that's not the way that we've done it that's not the way that we've done it. How do you deal with it? Bullshit. I, I think, I think it's 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 really easy when you're happy. You know, like like I, you know, the ultimate revenge is happiness, right? And so, like I'm I'm doing all right. You know, I I I have a nice family and a, a lovely family, more than nice, a lovely family, and I live in a nice house, and I, you know, I've got nice things and. I don't, I don't need anything, you know. I, I, I it's not as if I, um, I'm, I'm struggling, and I've worked, I've worked very hard for that. But and I don't think that I, there's not for a moment that I think I don't deserve it, um, and I continue to work hard. But like, when someone says something bad, I kind of think great, because, uh, well, I, I always look at, it, I always read it and think, okay. Is there any truth in it? Is there any truth in it? It's important to always look at it. Like I never dismiss anything out of hand. I'll, I'll look at it and go, is there any truth truth in it? And if there is, then I'll go, okay, fair point. Let's let's take that on board. Um, and and if there isn't any truth, I go, great. I must be doing all right because because they're going to criticise people that you know that that maybe jealous of I think and and especially things like you know when the like I was reading I was reading a review of actually I was reading a review of I don't know why it came up someone sent it to me I think and of uh, of Karate Clever and uh, and Karate Clever has uh, two one star reviews it's like got 4.8% on Amazon Ouch. and it's mostly a four fours <laughs> and fives yeah but like it's two one star and i was reading someone said to me like you read this and uh and it was all about it had nothing about the book it was about me posting clips of teaching on social media and and called it the scott lang oh the yet again the scott langley show and uh and he he gets out and and he pulls someone out and and gets them to demonstrate it and says now that's all wrong and and you're doing it all wrong and this is how you should do it and i like i was read it and i was like i never ever pull anybody out and 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 humiliate them by telling them that they're doing it wrong ever and and i thought i had to read it and think is there any truth in that absolutely not so therefore this guy has just made up a complete fabrication just to try to put me down well, if he's trying to put me down, I must be doing all right. Because you don't put someone down who's not doing all right. So, so yeah, I take all that criticism as a, either a way to kind of, inform, kind of improve 
I can take some criticism and think, okay, I need to do this, this, and the other. Or I, I take it as a great compliment. Either way, either way is good. That's, that's wonderful advice. I know we're, we're winding down, but I want to try and get you, I know you're about to go and teach a, a seminar as well, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time. My grandfather said that, you know, the quality of your contribution by the ardor of your enemies. And I think sort of you really illustrated that really beautifully. What are you working on your personal training at the moment? I've been doing like lockdown has been fantastic for me. I, I, I agree. It's actually, I, you know, it's a terrible thing to say and no disrespect yeah. to anyone who's watching or listening, but I actually really enjoyed the lockdown. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been wonderful. Uh, I mean, it's been horrible as well, but it's been also been wonderful. And, and, you know, and um, so I, I, I snapped my ACL, my anterior cruciate ligament, uh, oh, years ago. Yeah. Uh, don't worry. I was, I was drunk and being stupid. It's not <laughs> <laughs> impressing a girl. Karate <laughs> stupid. Yeah. So it was worth it. It was well worth it. Um, and, and so for the last 20 years, I've worn a, a, a hinged knee brace, um, like support, you know, and, uh, and it was something I, I, like I was, I was at the kind of the sports clinic in Ireland, in Dublin, and a couple of like about six, eighteen months ago, maybe two years ago now, and the 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 knee surgeon, or knee specialist, was saying, "Oh, you know, that's just psychological. That um, that that brace that you're wearing, it's not making any, it's not going to make any difference." And I was like, "Oh no, I can't do anything without that knee brace. Can't do anything." He's like, "No, it's psychological." And so when we went into lockdown, it was kind of the back of my mind. And so because we were forced, like I was literally in the spare room, like when we were completely in lockdown, everything went online, including instructors training. And so we said, so, okay, well, I'm only going to step one pace forward and then back and blah, blah, blah. There's no real dynamic. Everything's in the control. It's not as if I'm going to block Ross trying to kick my head off, you know? Uh, so so I, I took it off. And, um, and over the last 16 months, um, I haven't worn it in the last 16 months for the first time in dec literally decades. And now I'm back up to full training, and uh, and like like yeah, for the last year or so, I, like you know, about this time last year, we were back in the dojo for the first time, and started sparring with Ross. And I was like, I remember saying to him, "Look, this is the time I'm first time I've sparred without a knee brace, literally for 20 years. So just can we just see how it goes, you know? And now it like not a bother on me. It's it's absolutely fine, you know, touch wood. And so it's kind of almost seems strange, but kind of reconnected me to that whole kind of spring in my step and so i'm working i'm feeling and working an awful lot on just like the the connection between the big toe the ball of my ball of the foot the big toe ball of my foot from one foot to the other and and i just feel that kind of spring a whole lot more going from my arch to my calf so basically ball of foot big toe ball of foot calf arch of one foot to the other and just constantly working on that and kind of just creating that kind of explosive spring. So yeah, I'm trying to kind of implement that in a lot of Kihon Kumite and Kata. To the point where it's a little bit too much at the moment, it's a little bit too much that I'm starting to do Kihon without my heel on the ground. And 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 it'd be kind of, you know, there'd be people horrified with that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I there's there's a, that's, that's what I'm working on. No, I, 
I, that completely resonates with me. I did my I, my meniscus has been um, battling me for the last oh gosh I don't know how many years. Meniscus yeah. meniscus is not my friend, um, yeah. so that really resonates. And it is a strange thing that I've got my um, I've got my <laughs> my knee brace hanging over the table um, beneath me, and and it's kind of going. I'm thinking of late I've stopped trying to wear the knee brace, and so. It really resonates. It's wonderful. Because the, you know the knees over toes guy on, on Instagram. Um, like I started following him, and he comes up with a, quite a lot of well, very basic kind of like quite a few uh, basic difficult exercises um, that we've been doing quite a bit of in in um, morning training, really strengthening the 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 muscles around the knee. Because uh, I've got torn meniscus in both knees as well, um, and it really, uh, yeah, it's just yeah. depressing that you can still kick, that you can kick the like the way that you kick. And you see, I, I was feeling, I was feeling, I, I, that was my out. I was going, well, I can't kick like Scott because of my meniscus, you know, which I've I've got, you know. And now to hear that you've got um torn torn meniscus, I may I may never put this interview out now because you've just made me feel completely, completely um, irrelevant. I've also got torn MCL on my right knee as well. <laughs> but you know, you just kind of, uh, like the body finds a way. If you give it the right right tools, it will find a way, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm also a big fan of intermittent fasting as well and, and cold plunges. I do a cold plunge every morning. So, you know, I'm with you there on that one, brother. Um, in closing, because I know that you've got to get, and I thank you so much for giving your time to this. Okay. I want to say that some, just to give you a couple of reflections, if I may, um, I think that your, the way, what you've been able to achieve and the decisions that you've made have been quite courageous. I think that, as you say, you know, when you, it's that kind of thing of, when you stick your head up, people are going to knock it down. And I think that if the only emotional tool you have in your bag is a hammer, everything starts looking like a nail. Um, but I personally have really appreciated your impact on our community, on the entire martial arts community. I, I found it to be really inspiring i love you i'm really inspired by what i've read in in your in your writing and i really encourage you to do some more of that because i think we need more good karate stuff out there and from people who actually do it um <clears throat> the multimedia stuff you do is really good and really inspiring and like i say it's not so inspiring when i go why can't i kick like that um i may have missed the boat on that but i just want to say that i i I hope that at some point you get down to New Zealand. There's a place for you here. Um, I know that you'd make a big impact down here, and I know that. Um, yeah, I just sort of think you have a you have a really you have a message that more people need to hear, and it's about freedom and enjoying training and finding joy in it. And I just want to um, thank you for taking time, Scott Lanny Sensei, for for being a part of um, my little podcast. Where can people get at you? And that you know, and I know, but it's going to be quicker if you let people know. Well, they can Facebook and Instagram, uh, Scott Langley, and Instagram is Scott underscore HDKI. And the website uh, for the organization is HDKI.org. Um, and basically, if they just Google Scott Langley Karate, there's two Scott Langleys in the world. One's a professional golfer with the PGA, and uh, and and the other one's me. <laughs> so, so that's your ego. Yeah, if you Google Scott Langley, he comes up first, and then I come up a quick second. Uh, but if you Google Scott Langley Karate, I'm first. Yes, the one and only, the original. No, hey, thank you so much. I'm going to put links to the uh, Facebook page 
the website and to Sensei Langley um, on Instagram and so on and so forth. If you get a chance, do go check out both the stuff that he's putting out there because it's excellent. If you get a chance, you're in Dublin or if you're one of those dojo that you're kind of wondering what to do, I would encourage you to check out the HDKI. Um, I think they've got a really wonderful message. Good people, um, good things and, um, you know, enough of the dickheads. You know, we can actually train together and actually be friends and we can enjoy it um, even if our meniscus is uh, badly torn. So uh, anything, any final word to you there, Sensei? Uh, huge thank you. Thank you. For, it's been my pleasure. I, I you know, I, I generally don't get asked to do podcasts that often. And so I, it was a huge pleasure and, uh, and for, for you to ask me. And, and it's been a huge pleasure to talk to you. No, thank you. And likewise, thank you for you and Simon for having Now, your, your, where can, where can uh, purveyors of fine podcasts find you yeah. and Simon? So, yeah, our questions over a beer, which uh, comes under some criticism at times, but, but uh, uh, is, is on my YouTube channel, which is, uh, I think it's uh, Scott Langley Karate is the YouTube channel, uh, but it's also kind of linked with HDKI. Uh, we're on that, and I, I, you know, it was just something that we did during lockdown that we continued that kind of has, so we maybe get it on, I don't know, maybe we'll stick it elsewhere at some point, but at the moment it is only on YouTube because you have to see our ugly faces in order to do it. If you've ever got, um, if you ever want it, you're always welcome. Please don't, you've got a standing invitation. If there's anything you ever just want to have a spout about, I'll push for court, ask you the right questions and sit back. Um, but you're always welcome. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. pleasure. Thank you, thank you, thank you.